them. Crystal, pastor of women here at church. Mm-hmm. You say hi Hello. to everybody. Yes, <laughs> Thank you. And Rebecca, uh, she is married to Kyle Meeker, our pastor of high school youth. And Kyle has some exciting things coming up this week. What's going on with him? Uh, he's heading down to a conference down in San Diego with several of the other pastors here and two elders. Um, he's, it's called the Evangelical Training Society and they have a big conference every every year that he go, has been going to now for a few years. So he's, yeah. I'll, They're very excited. They are very excited. Yeah. The, all the, the wives are not maybe so excited, but we are <laughs> supporting them in their endeavor um, to go. Because they, they always come back with um, just feeling like they've been fed yes. in lots of ways. So it's good for them to go down. You came with us to the Gospel Coalition Conference in mm-hmm. yes. Florida. So you got one, one hey. conference under your belt this year. Yeah, exactly. So that's good. Yeah. And you're on that podcast with us too, which is so this is your your second this time. My second time, yes. Yeah. And my name is Thalia. I'm the pastor of care, although unofficially my title should be pastor of Muck. That's what I do here. Work with women, couples, and families. And Kathleen is sitting on the side. She's our tech girl, and the intern for Crystal in the women's ministry. We are thankful to have you here, Kathleen. So pitch in whenever you want to. Okay. So this is number two. Uh, It was going to be a two-part series. We're going to make it into a three-part series. Mm. The first podcast was on sort of the broad theological overview of complementarian, egalitarian, hierarchical, and feminist theology. We're going to go over those in a minute. Our second podcast, which is today, is we are going to go and look at what does it mean to be a complementarian church here at Northview looking at our own context. We can't speak to any other churches because this is our church home. So we're going to speak to that. And our third podcast, which we decided to do just in the last few days, is that we're going to look at what does it mean to be a complementarian in our homes. So that's another podcast that's going to be very interesting. Initially try to combine both those topics today, but I think they're both too big to be in one. Mm -hmm. So we're going to try and do them justice, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. So if you did not listen to the last podcast, we're going to quickly go over the terms so that you understand what we're talking about. And the four terms are hierarchical, uh, feminist theology, complementarian, and egalitarian. Okay, so Crystal, can you unpack for us just briefly hierarchical? So hierarchical would have been the more traditional um, role um, of men and women within the church. They would see men as leaders um, of the church and women not having a leadership role at all. Um, so just a difference um, in status uh, within the church structure. Okay. Um, difference in importance, I guess, okay. uh, within that. So so what's the difference between that and patriarchal? <laughs> <laughs> Patriarchy. Is it, words are hard. <laughs> I don't know if there's that much of a difference. Uh, I think patriarchy is male leadership in general. And so that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad term. Um, it can just be male leadership. People take it as... A negative term um, okay. because they see it as uh, excluding fem- females from leadership roles. But um, yeah, hierarchical would basically say that there's one gender is above another. Okay. I would say. Rebecca, can you unpack a little bit feminist theology for us? Yes, feminism um, believes in the equal rights and opportunities of men and women, and mm-hmm. femini- feminists work um, to try to elevate um, women to have the same rights um, for men, and they fight against oppression 
and inequality of yeah. women um, all over. And generally, that is a good thing. You can yeah. look through history and see where women have been oppressed, and it was good for um, feminists to yeah. kind of come through and, mm -hmm. and elevate um, women. Um, but the danger is that sometimes women can go too far. Yeah. And, and, and at, the, at the expense of maybe oppressing um, others or men. Or, yeah. <laughs> so you have kind of reverse, the reverse discrimination. So, um, yes. Yes. And complementarian, Crystal. Yeah, so last time we talked about complementarian, I'll maybe deal with both of them together, complementarian yeah. as, and egalitarian as being kind of equal or counterparts between the two extremes of either uh, hierarchical and feminist theology. So complementarian would just, would both see men and women as being equal in value, equal in salvation, history, uh, equal in dignity before God. Um, there would just be differentiation in how that works out in the church. So egalitarians would say that that means that women can hold any women and men can hold any position within the church. Mm -hmm. Complementarian would say, well, there's still different roles that God has for men and women within the church structure, um, and they would base that on um, the creation account that Adam was created first, uh, created to work the land, to have authority, and to uh, he got the first set of rules and stuff from God. He was asked to pass those on to Eve, and so because of that, God gave him. Uh, man, uh, uh, responsibility, I guess, to just not rule in a in an authoritarian way or oppressive way, but to lead uh, his mm -hmm. creation. So that was where complementarians and egalitarians um, would part ways, I guess, mm -hmm. in terms of whether there's a difference between what men and women are called to do. Yeah, and yeah. it's not compliment as in Crystal, you look great today. No, it's complement as in two parts making a whole. Yeah, and together, men and women together, mm -hmm. representing God. Um, yeah, yeah, F female and male together. Yep. So, in case you didn't listen to the last podcast, what position does Northview take? Uh, we have decided to follow a complementarian structure. Yeah, and is it possible, Rebecca? for Christians to hold both a complementarian or an egalitarian view? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Um, there are many different um, organizations within um, our sphere of influence, yep. and um, there are different views, um, mm -hmm. egalitarian versus complementarian, in those. Um, the Mennonite Brethren Conference has churches and within its structure, yep. and there are some who are complementarian and yes. some who are egalitarian. Egalitarian. That was a surprise to some of our listeners. They it stopped was, me in yeah. the hall, and they didn't realize that within the Mennonite Brethren Conference, we can be egalitarian or complementarian, and it's right. okay for churches to decide. Yes. Yeah. 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 And we partner with a number of different organizations and agencies. Can you think of yes. some that we can tell our listeners? Um, MEI. Yeah. Uh, the Columbia Bible College. The yeah. um, MCC, or the Mennonite Central Committee. Yes. Um, MB Mission. Um, C2C. Uh, which is our church planting board, um, and these are all collaborative partnerships within the Mennonite um, organization. Yeah. yeah, and we often meet together for different events, for prayer days. We have prayer days with MB Mission, um, which is right in our building here, but other church, um, citywide, church-wide mm -hmm. things where we meet together for common initiatives and stuff that we're doing together. So. Yeah, we even had yeah. a meeting last week with a number of different women pastors and women leaders from around town, mm -hmm. a variety of different Mennonite Brethren churches, and we don't all hold to a complementarian view, but we enjoy each other, we pray together, we support each other. And learn from each other oh, and yeah. brainstorm. And, yeah. yeah. So we may disagree on how to structure the church, but we still support each other and partner together. And I think that's something that we really want to emphasize on this mm -hmm. podcast is that this is one way, but this isn't, as Christians, the only way. No, for sure. No. Yeah, we, we want to 
we want to be unified in yeah. our, our approach to the outside world. And mm-hmm. this is not one of those divisive. No, it's not a salvation issue. No. 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 Okay, so we talked about it in very broad strokes. So Crystal has some resources that she's been putting together. Can you tell us a little bit more about where you've put those? Yeah, we just realized that we could put links on our website uh, on the bonus podcast uh, page. So if you're listening to this on iTunes and you want to go back to the Northview website, if you just go under northview.org and then media and then bonus, um, you can see our different podcasts and underneath it, it will have links uh, to some of the resources. So I put on there the MB conference position on this topic. So you can read Mm -hmm. through in 2003 when this decision was made, you can read through that document. Um, I have a paper that I wrote last year just for a class that I did on feminist theology. That's there. There's a blog link uh, to uh, complementarianism for dummies, yeah. which is kind of a funny, <laughs> just takes all the parodies of what complementarians um, are thought to be like and mm-hmm. kind of makes fun of them. So it's an interesting, yeah, it's a good little piece. So we'll keep putting more things on that web page as they come up. But that's where you can look for them. Okay. So we've told you that Northview is a complementarian church. Why do we have to take a position on this, Crystal? Well, you know, there's open-handed, we always talk about open-handed and closed-handed issues within our faith. And there's some that you don't have to take any position on. You can have any kind of end times theology position and it doesn't really impact how you do your day-to-day life. If you're amillennial or premillennial or postmillennial, or like it doesn't matter, you're still called to live faithfully. Yes. But this one is about um, practical outworkings of what our church looks like. And if we're going to decide how our church is going to be led, well, we have to decide which which line are we going to draw here. So it's something that we have to decide on. We can't just leave it open okay. um, because it impacts how we structure the church leadership. So, yeah. Okay. So is there only one complementarian model? Can you turn to a certain page in the Bible and have a little layout as to what it looks like? No. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it gets interesting. And people can have lots of different um, ideas of what it should look like or... Yeah, and so every church kind of has to come to its own decision of how how that's going to play out. And I know you've had a bit of experience with that, Rebecca. Yes, I, don't know. Um, I, I actually am a, a PK. I'm a preacher's kid, and um, my dad, I grew up in a complementarian church, and he had a di- he has a different view and, or, of them what yeah. Northview does, but he still mm-hmm. um, would fall under that same umbrella. So, um, yeah, so definitely different views. Some people would say that, you know, women can't be involved at the front at all in the in a service, whereas, you know, uh, Northview doesn't have that. Yeah, yeah. we have lots of women out front yes. doing stuff. Yes. Some people would say that women could be on the elder board but not be the moderator or not be the lead pastor but could be right. pastors. And I think that was Northview's position until a few years ago, that there were women on the elder board but not women moderators. You know, but I don't think I paid bit. enough attention back then. I don't think it was that important to me. Yeah. Only I started paying attention when they actually started working through the structure of our church and how that would look. Mm-hmm. Previous to that, I was a young mom and I'm like, well, <laughs> it's more important to be here and take care of my kids and <laughs> who cares about church structure. But now it is important and, and so I'm really glad that we're tackling this topic. Yeah, but there isn't a cookie cutter picture. There no. wasn't, everyone won't look the same No. and churches have to wrestle through kind of how that's going to look. Okay, so our position, Northview's position, is that men should fulfill the elder rule. So why is this position, uh, why have we taken this position, Crystal? Where do we get that from Scripture? Um, the, there's two books where Paul was writing to um, kind of his protégés, Titus and Timothy, where he was talking about what they should do as they set up churches. 
Um, so Titus was left in Crete to do a lot of work, and, first, and, and Timothy was in uh, the city of Ephesus doing a lot of work, setting up churches. And so Paul was instructing them what he should do. So if you want to write down these topic or these passages and look them up on your own, that's fine. Titus 1, 5 to 9, uh, 1 Timothy 3, 1 to 7, and 1 Timothy 5, 17 to 25. So all of these uh, descriptions talk about what the character of somebody that's needed uh, to lead a church and also what their role should be. So the description of the character is basically what a description of someone that's a great a Christian should be, right? Yeah. Sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, gentle, not quarrelsome, dignified. Um, so that's the character description that kind of comes with, mm-hmm. with that role. But then there's a second function uh, that comes with it, which is the ability to teach. And so if you look at 1 Timothy 2.2, 2, it talks about the ability to teach. Uh, 1 Timothy 5.17 talks about preaching and teaching as being part of that role. And then Titus 1.9 uh, reads, He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine, and also to rebuke those who contradict it. So that's where we get um, this idea that the elder role is about guarding the doctrine of the church, uh, giving instruction and rebuking those who contradict the doctrine of the church. So where would we see this happen, guarding the doctrine and teaching? Um, basically from the pulpit. Which we don't have. No, so we have a music stand. <laughs> we have a music stand. <laughs> yeah. Um, but from the, the kind of the gathered assembly on the weekend of the mixed audience, male, female, children, yeah. all ages, um, that's a primary location of spiritual authority within the church. And you can sense it as you're teaching in that kind of a setting. Um, people are giving you authority yes. as you're standing there above them, <laughs> um, physically or even just like within the room. Yeah. Uh, there's a sense of you're representing uh, God's scripture and stuff to us. Yeah. So that would be the main, the main um, function of that or the main place, but also overseeing the doctrine preached and taught in all the other ministries. So okay. there's women's ministries, children's youth, pastors and life groups, worship counseling, and every couple of weeks, we have to submit to our elders a report of what we're doing in those and what kind of curriculum we're following mm-hmm. and what kind of things we're being taught. And so they're overseeing uh, how the doctrine is being um, yeah, taught at every different level. Yeah, and are. it's a serious thing. Like whenever I, re- I was reading Hebrews the other day, and it talks about the fact that the elders keep watch over the souls of the congregation as those who have to give an account. Yeah. So God's holding, it's a weighty role. It's a weighty role of saying you're you're responsible for these souls that are under your care. I don't want them yeah. going astray. I want them to be kept within the sound doctrine of the church. Yeah. So that was that's kind of how people would define that elder role. Yeah. And our elders are discerned by a committee and discerned by the current elders, and they are elected by the congregation. And it's a long process. It's a long process. It can take most of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on that committee with Marilyn Camp, and there's two women on the elder discernment committee. And, you know, names need to be uh, drawn up, not drawn up, names need to be discerned. Mm -hmm. Then we run them by the pastors, and we meet with them, and we meet with their wives, and they have an interview with the elder board, and they attend meetings. It's a bit of a process, a lot of hoops to jump through. And a theological questionnaire. That yes, they that's out right. And, yeah. So it's not a quick process. We want to see their character, and we want to see um, if they've been involved in our church and how they have led already in our church. Are they known? What do they know about um, how our church is structured? What do they know about the Bible? How solid are they? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Talk about the, we have five people who oversee the doctrine of the church and are also pastors. Mm-hmm. 
Can you talk about that a little bit? Sometimes that's a bit confusing for people. Yeah, so there are pastors who sit on the elder board. They aren't voting members of the elder board because they're not elected the same way that um, the elders are. But they would oversee um, all the ministries that are... Um, that are non-demographic, so like where worship ministries is not for a specific age group or mm -hmm. a specific gender or anything, it's throughout. So Johnny oversees worship in children's, women's, men's, everything, right? Yeah. So the people would be Steve Weintz, who's our executive pastor, uh, Jeff Bucknam, the lead pastor, uh, Darcy Missions, again, Missions goes through every ministry area, um, Ezra Cote, Prayer and Discipleship, and Johnny, who leads worship. So those five are considered our senior leadership team and they would sit on the elder board. Yes, so they are considered elders and pastors. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now, how do we work this out here at Northview? If all roles are open to women, except the lead pastor and the elders or the elder board, what about the other roles? Can you describe how this works? So the other roles that are currently part of the elder board, you're saying? Yes. So the exec pastor, worship pastor. I think it would just mean that as um, people were discerned to be the best person for that job, um, job descriptions are fluid and they change depending on the act, the gifts and the skills of that person that comes in and their roles will change depending on um, all the things that they bring to the table. So Ezra right now is a prayer and discipleship pastor. Uh, he also preaches on the weekend. Mm -hmm. But if a woman was hired for that role, if she was thought to be the best person for that role, she would do everything that Ezra does, but she may not have that preaching role than yeah. on the weekend service. So I guess we should clarify. So elders here at Northview are men. Yeah. And the lead pastor is a man. Yeah. But after that, the roles are open to women as well. Yeah. Okay. We're just yeah. keep going. No, Sorry. Sure. <laughs> sure. Wait a minute. I don't clarify. think we said that. <laughs> yeah. um, someone like Steve, who's our exec pastor, he fills that role of an elder, but he doesn't preach. Uh, because that's not his gifting, it's not his interest. Mm -hmm. And so there's fluidity um, between what different people do and how they how they are um, interacting with the church leadership. So there's nothing that's set in stone. Mm -hmm. I would just say they would evaluate each person based on their gifts and skills, what they bring to the table, yeah. and then work through how that looks in terms of organizational structure. Yeah. So some people have said to us that there are no women pastors at Northview. Rebecca, how would you answer that? I would say... <laughs> Um, well, you'd be surprised that we actually have three, and I have the pleasure of sitting with two of them, Crystal and Thalia, and then Robin Duick is our pastor of children uh, yeah. here as well. So there are three female pastors here, um, and it's nice to have them around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we actually have the title. Yes, you have, they have the title. something pastor. else. Yeah, no. Yeah. And we have women in so many of our committees and commissions. So I'll just briefly outline that for you. If you look at your annual general meeting package, which is coming up in, I think, a week or so. Next Monday. But Next it Monday. been handed out. They're online, too. They're yeah. online, yes. Yeah. So if you read through that, you'll see that some things are called committees and some things are called commissions. So a committee is led by an elder. And we have committees like the personnel committee, the stewardship committee, which is finances, development, which is our building, discernment committee, which I already outlined before, where we discern elders. We have things like that. But a commission is led by a pastor. So we have the missions commission led by Pastor Darcy, the prayer commission led by Ezra, worship commission by Pastor Johnny. Oh, my words are all going to get messed up. <laughs> Women's commission by Crystal, care commission by Vic. And we have women on all of these 
committees and commissions. And, and if, if there aren't, don't have, it's then just it's because there's no woman that wants to be on the development yeah. committee. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that we're saying they can't be. No. It's just no one wants to be part of the building project, I guess. I don't know. That's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's nothing that's barring anyone from mm -mm. that. No. We are always looking for skilled, capable members of our church. They, yes, have, to they have to be members, members. Yeah. in order to sit on a committee or a commission. And after that, we also have women in a whole variety of significant congregational roles. Okay, Rebecca and Crystal, go for it. We have women everywhere. Yes. We have lots of women uh, worship leaders. Um, Stephanie Redekop and Jerry Leanne yeah. um, and Suzanne and Tammy. Mm -hmm. yeah. a lot of, they, they, they all do worship leading at some form um, mm -hmm. in the either women's ministry or at the main worship service, Yeah, both in the worship center. And, and they're center so board. good. They yeah. are good. They have, they have beautiful voices. They do. I'm always um, amazed. And <laughs> just amazing too. leadership and spiritual yeah. insight and gifts and abilities. Yeah. Yeah. And they're given that authority to lead in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we have women emceeing, so whoever pastors and directors on staff um, emcee. Uh, I love leading communion. It feels like a real amazing responsibility. Hmm. Um, I always want to check myself when I'm doing that one. Yeah. <laughs> but it is a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to lead the congregation in that. Um, we have prayer times at the front um, or whatever, yes. different places during the service, and there's often women as part of that. Uh, we have a week of prayer in January, and I know I've been able to lead mm -hmm. at that with it's a whole congregation thing, and Thalia's been able to lead at that with some of the youth directors and stuff. Thalia and I taught the TLC class uh, on Wednesday nights a while ago. We haven't because we're kind of swamped yeah. the last few semesters, but that was mixed audience. It was male and female in that class. That was mm -hmm. lots of fun. Um, you can come here at 6 a.m. and do theology <laughs> and look in that room and about half of them are women. I know. Coming out to Amazing. learn and study and there's no bar to no. that and it's great. Mm -hmm. Good discussion there. Um, and leadership classes. We have often uh, leadership breakfasts here at church and I was involved in one of them teaching on, um, this is all to mixed men and women leaders within the church teaching on, uh, what was it, false, false teaching within the church. We were kind of giving out how that plays out. Right. And our different experiences with that. So we have women just leading in all kinds of different ways. We do. Okay, what about the intern program? Kathleen, yell from the corner there. Do we have, <laughs> are they open to women? Yes. How many <laughs> interns do we currently have as women? Uh, two. Two. There so, would have been three, yeah. but the one who was hired for young adults ditched us and went somewhere else. <laughs> Good for her. I mean, whatever. She had a different opportunity. Yes. But it's not like any of the ones had to be specific male or female no. roles. Worship could have been a female. Uh, so now it's missions right now and women's. Um, but you interviewed quite a few. I interviewed seven. Seven. And if every other pastor did that many, it's it's a competitive program. And who the best people get in. It's, yeah, it's not, not based affirmative on gender. Action. No, no, it's not affirmative action. <laughs> We're not trying to get a certain percentage of anything. We want the best people <laughs> yes. in there. There's no quota. No, no quota. There's no quota. No. What about the teaching associate program? It used to be Jeremy and John, and they have graduated and gone on to lead churches. Now, now it's Greg. Greg Harris. Yeah. But is a teaching associate open to a woman? Yes. Yeah, and so why don't we have that. any? We just haven't had any apply yet. No. So, but I know a woman phoned Jeff last week. He said and asked, him, "Could I apply for this?" And he said, "Yeah, it's not a male-only program." So the teaching associate program is to be, get people who have finished seminary or or mostly through seminary and give them a job um, that gives them work experience within the church, so that they can go on to be a pastor somewhere else. Yes. So that is the same 
uh, it's open to females as well. So. so they learn everything about the life of a church. Yeah. They learn how to teach theology in classes during the week. They learn to teach from the music stand. Yeah. <laughs> they learn um, theology. What else did I say? Uh, they learn how to do funerals. Yeah, they, they shadow you and yeah. you do all your tough yeah. conversations with Weddings, people. Weddings, yeah. they do everything to do with the life of a church so that they are prepared when they leave here. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. sit in all the elder meetings. Yes. Yep. We also have seminary subsidy for women. Mm-hmm. Talk about that, Crystal. Well, we have seminary subsidy in general, and I think at this point about half of the people getting it are women. Uh, I know three of them. Uh, myself, who are, I think, mostly at Regent, two at Regent. Uh, oh, actually, the three that I know are all at Regent. Um, so, yeah, they're getting money from the church to help them in their seminary studies. So, yeah, it's just open to members who apply who are interested in furthering their theological education. Yeah. Okay, so the, another question we get all the time is, what if I, as a woman, have the gift of teaching? How can I be faithful to God's call on my life to ministry if I'm not allowed to teach from the music stand on the weekends? How do we answer that one? Any ideas, Rebecca, Kathleen, Crystal? <laughs> There's plenty of opportunities to teach. I had the opportunity this last week to, to teach uh, the women's Bible study both on Monday night and Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and you so did a great job. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a lot of women coming out. Like, yes. I'm always amazed at how yeah. many women. Yes, so, so that's not two, a small crowd. There's about 200 between the two, yeah different yes yeah yeah so there's there's opportunities there there's opportunities um to teach in at the tables you know we have tables at those Mm -hmm. um in a smaller theater you know teaching in the bigger setting isn't what they want to do there's you know kind of discipling and leading women in the tables yeah um we have teaching on our monday night courses grief share and divorce care women teach and facilitate those yeah we have women teach tlc as we've mentioned before Mm -hmm. There are a lot of places for women to teach. Yeah. I don't think we would run out of jobs anytime no. soon. If you want to teach, come mm-hmm. talk to yeah. me. Yeah. And uh, and just so if you haven't come to any women's ministry stuff, it's not um, fluffy and it's not topical and it's not... I mean, sometimes we have a topic that we're dealing with, but it's very biblically based. Right now yeah. we're doing a 27-week overview of the Bible and the main themes of creation, redemption, yeah. um, restoration. Um, we're digging deeply into the Word of God yeah. and we're studying it and we're encouraging women in solid foundations of faith. It's not at all fluffy. So It's not a Kleenex session. It's, it's not, not an emotion. <laughs> and counseling therapy session. No. no, that's for me. Come talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not for women's ministry. No. Um, but we also have women that are doing lots of other great things um, in terms of using their gifts and skills in the community, like yeah. women volunteering and leading uh, at different ministries. I have, Almost every week I have someone saying, I'm going to go at Mercy Ministries or I'm going to volunteer for YPO, the, your pregnancy options, can you write a mm-hmm. reference form for me? So there's women that are serving all over our church and all over the community using their gifts, using their talents. They're not yeah. squelched or silenced. or No. And even for myself, I've been released to teach at a variety of places. Mm-hmm. So I have taught with the BC Mennonite Brethren Pastors Credentialing Orientation. Yeah. Teaching about <laughs> healthy boundaries and ministry. You know, hours and hours talking to these pastors that are heading into churches about healthy boundaries. I've taught at CBC, not as a full like year-long course, but as a guest lecturer mm-hmm. and our, our church is excited about that. So there's a lot of opportunity. And we're credentialed with the BC government as yep. licensed pastors, Haley and I. We so. shouldn't say that too loud though. We don't really want to marry people, which is what <laughs> we're really for. We have but enough work we to do. We want to. Yeah. We could, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so then how does this work out in society? We've talked a little bit about our church, but what about society as a whole? 
Yeah, I think just there's a misperception sometimes that people think if you're complementary in your church, that means that you're complementary everywhere, that we wouldn't support a female um, Prime Minister of Canada or whatever. <laughs> but it's just so, it's not a translatable idea uh, into the secular world and even into parachurch world. I think what we see as, um, if we look through those scriptures on the elder role, um, the church is a family um, that God has ordained as a ways of kind of preserving the faith within within society. And so they've asked, he has asked from what we understand scripture that men take the, just the leadership role in terms of preserving that family. Yeah. But that doesn't translate into saying that a, that a man has to lead every um, mission organization, that a man has to lead every business, the country, nothing. It's not saying that at all. It's just saying within this, this structure. So so you're saying that we can have a female school principal? Yes. Or yeah. a yes. female engineer who's sitting at our table like yes. Rebecca? Yes. Yeah. What are some other ideas? Um, well, yeah, I mean, you can have traditionally, you know, a lot it, through history, you had women that have come through and they, there's been the first female doctor or there's the, you know, there's no, there's nothing that the church wouldn't support that. No. You know? and, and you look through the Bible and there's women who led in the Bible. And so yeah. there's lots of different, different ways that, um, that women lead and, mm-hmm. and the church wouldn't say that those are bad. No. No. And, and yeah. Okay, so yeah, we'd have women teaching at Bible schools, seminaries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a different, it's just a different mindset than in, within the local church. But we'd say, yeah, go for it. Yeah, we would teach, lead, do it. Okay, I have a grab bag of some questions here. Okay, Kathleen, can women attend elder meetings? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's open to the public. Come and join us. Yeah, anyone can come anytime. Yeah. I'm almost always there. Marilyn Campin's almost always there because of our role on the Elder Discernment Committee. It's important for us to be there. Crystal's there as her time allows. So other women are very welcome. Okay, uh, Crystal, we often get the question, do we feel, are we oppressed or not fulfilled as women at Northview? No, I have too much to do as it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I've constantly been pushed to um, think harder, to think mm-hmm. better, uh, to formulate teaching well, um, I'm asked for my opinion on lots of things um, and, yeah, pushed to do a good job of, of what I'm doing. So, no, I don't feel oppressed or silenced. No, but how are we viewed in the community? Well, yeah, people think that's the case. That we yeah. are oppressed yeah. and squelched. Yeah. yeah, that we are, yeah, that our dignity has been robbed of us, yeah. as I read once a yeah. while ago. <laughs> it's yes. not true. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what makes up a good church then, Crystal? Well, I think that's kind of how we want to end a little bit is... There can be really good complementarian churches and really good egalitarian churches, and there can be really bad complementarian churches yeah. and really bad egalitarian. So just sometimes people think, well, if everybody's equal, that'll make a church necessarily good. Yes. And every if everybody's not exactly equal, it won't make, or not performing exactly yeah. the same roles, it'll make a church necessarily bad. I'll jump in here for a second. I had, I won't name the church, but I had people talk to me about, oh, if we only had women elders, then our elder board would be totally healthy. Yeah. at a different church and I said are you kidding me it's still people on yeah. the elder board yeah. women or men so if you're egalitarian you have women and men elders that still makes for tough times sometimes because it's still people every possibility yeah. has we're sinful people yes. and we're going to be impacted by the people that are there yeah and so I would say is we don't want to have a church that's healthy yes. regardless of a structure and what I think what a healthy church looks like in my mind, is having leaders who are accountable to the congregation, who are willing to repent and mm-hmm. to ask forgiveness if they are 
doing something incorrectly, a congregation that is growing in their knowledge of God and yeah. in prayer, uh, people who are willing to serve in the community. Um, if you look at a church like Philippians, um, it's the healthiest church that Paul addresses when he's talking to churches and he, he talks about them partnering in the gospel with him, sharing in God's grace, love, sharing with um, Paul and his needs, being committed to prayer. Those are the things that make up a healthy church. It's not yeah. necessarily its structure. And how are we committed to prayer here? Rebecca, what do you notice on the weekends that we do every week? Oh, we, they, we pray for a church in our community um, mm -hmm. because we're all partnering um, to bring the gospel to Abbotsford and beyond. And so we want Only to... Only Mennonite Brethren churches? No. no. <laughs> there are all kinds of churches. We pray There's... for the Salvation Army this last week. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. sometimes a surprise, though, to people yeah. when we pray for people outside of our denomination. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, yes, we pray. We, want, we all want to be um, in the... The mm -hmm. fight together, I guess, yeah. mm -hmm. um, and and we want to be unified in that um, mm -hmm. when we're proclaiming the gospel. Okay, well, we've reached the end of our time. Yeah, Crystal, would you mind praying for us as we close? Pray for our listeners as they wrestle with this topic, and uh, we'll see them next time. Complementarian in the home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sure, that sounds good. <clears throat> Lord, I thank you that um, we are all your sons and daughters that you love um, all the people that you've created, that you're calling them all to relationship with yourself. I thank you, Lord, for this ability that we've had to talk about this topic. And Lord, I know that there's many people wrestling through it. I pray, Lord, that you would um, just set their minds at ease and their hearts at rest, uh, knowing that you love them, that you care for them, that you have works that you've prepared in advance for them to do. And Lord, I just pray um, that if they need to come talk and to wrestle through these things with one of us, uh, that they'd be open to doing that, Lord. I thank you, Lord, uh, that you give us space uh, to figure out truth from your word, um, from the people around us, and uh, that you guide us into all truth. And so, Lord, I just pray that as we wrestle through these things, that you will continue to convict us, that you will continue uh, to bring us to places of repentance where we need to ask forgiveness, that you'll keep our hearts soft before you, that you will keep our eyes focused on you, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. That we wouldn't let issues like this uh, sideline us, Lord, from the big call that you have on us as a church to be your light uh, within, the within our local community, within our congregation, uh, within this world, uh, within our city, Lord. Uh, may we never have our eyes so focused on ourselves uh, that we forget what you're all about in this world. So we pray all these things in your name, Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. See you later. Have a great week or two weeks, I guess, until we see you again. <laughs> Thanks for joining in.